In John chapter 4, Jesus describes the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Verses 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now for the next few minutes, stay tuned to worship in spirit and truth with Pastor Jeff Scoggin. Uh, before we begin, let's, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we have much to be thankful for, and as we look into your word this morning, I pray that we would understand a little bit better how we can return our thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like Thanksgiving. I think it's one of my, maybe it is my favorite holiday. And I think it might have something to do with that was the time of year that I often got to go home. And that's home with quotes in it because for me that's kind of a relative term. I remember one day my dad was writing something. And I was 20 years old at the time. And, and when he got done, he handed it over to me and I looked at it. And he had listed all the places that I had lived to that age. And it had been 21 different places. Uh, and so Thanksgiving, I think, may have become one of my favorite holidays because that's when, at least often, our family, our very mobile family, traveled back to Tennessee where all my uncles and aunts and grandparents and everybody lived. That was where, that was the most home that I knew. And there was always a big Thanksgiving dinner, and then maybe we would go uh, have a, a bonfire in the evening, and then we'd go walking in the woods and maybe shooting some mistletoe out of the trees and ready for Christmas. So I really came to love that time of year in Tennessee, and I still do. However, sometime during the festivities, some bold person might ask, does anyone have anything to share that you're thankful for? And all of a sudden, the room became as silent as a graveyard. You know, there's two ways to silence a room. Pray, and then everybody is quiet, which is good, out of respect. And the other one is to ask if anybody's thankful for anything. And, and it might be that it becomes so quiet because people are afraid to share in such a big group. But more likely, everybody's thinking, Oh, i got to think of something. i got to think of something. What am I thankful for? What am I thankful for? And you don't want to say something lame like the nice weather or that we're all together, even though those things aren't lame at all. But somehow we don't want to say those things. We struggle to identify what we're thankful for. We have a big gratitude deficit, a, an empty bank account of thankfulness. A Russian friend of mine tells the story, obviously a fictional story, but God calls two angels into the throne room of heaven and he hands each of them a, a bag. And he tells the first angel, I want you to go through the earth and I want you to collect all the requests that people have of me. And he tells the second angel, I want you to follow along and collect all of the thanks when I answer the people's requests. And you can figure out the story pretty quickly. The, 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 the first angel comes back with an overloaded sack struggling up the steps Whereas the second angel comes skipping back in with a bag almost empty. You know, and it's, for some reason the, the picture always stuck with me because even though the story isn't exactly accurate, the sentiment is right. 
Turn in your Bibles to our scripture reading today, Philippians chapter 4. Let's read verse 6 again. Here God tells us plainly that our our requests are to be made in conjunction with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to the Lord. Now, obviously, no one's going to disagree that we should make our requests with thanksgiving. And yet, we easily think of requests, but struggle to think of thanks. We have not adequately cultivated an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude and thankfulness, frankly, aren't aren't natural to selfish human beings. Gratitude is looking outside of yourself. Selfishness is looking in. And so we're not prone to looking outside of ourselves to be thankful. We have to actually, just like any other habit, we have to actually practice thankfulness in order to be truly thankful. And that's something that King David did. He practiced thankfulness. And we still love the Psalms 3,000 years later because of it. Think of how you feel when someone thanks you for doing something. Ivy, you did a, a wonderful job on the piano this morning. It was great. Miles, bulletin looks perfect. Thank you. You know? I mean, I could could go down the line, read a nice job on the organ. How does it make you feel when someone specifically thanks you for something? Makes you feel pretty good, right? But what if it's just not just anyone who's thanking you? What if it's someone that we very much love and very much respect? We value the thanks coming from them that much more. Remember when your children were learning to say thank you? And the first time that they said it without even being reminded. You know, our heart just melts when that little voice says, Thank you, Daddy, or thank you, Mom. God loves us more than we can possibly love any child that we have ever had. We can't really imagine that, what that means, but He does. He loves us more than anyone we will ever love. How must it make Him feel when when we... His child, give to him a heartfelt thank you. However, making God feel good, while that's a great reason for gratitude, is not the only reason for gratitude. We just read that gratitude makes our requests more pleasing to God. But gratitude makes a difference in us as well. Gratitude also strengthens our personal faith. You ever thought about that? I mean, have you ever encountered a feeling, and most people have, this fleeting thought that this whole thing about a loving God, it's, it's just, it's almost too good to be true. How can it be, how can it be true? This idea that an all-powerful being is actually in control of this messed up planet, it just seems a little bit too fantastic. If you've ever wondered what to do with your doubts, gratitude can single-handedly transform your doubts into confidence. And that's true. As you learn to recognize the powerful force of God in your own life, and you're grateful for it, you will soon realize how much evidence that you have 
to believe and to trust in this too-good-to-be-true God. If you want to be sure of God's existence and activity in your life, practice gratitude. This is not a method of tricking your mind into believing something that's not true. It's a method of opening your eyes to reality. Gratitude gives us eyes to see spiritual things for what they actually are. Eyes that spend so much of their time blinded. Gratitude helps us open them to what is really there. So we who are not that good at gratitude, we have to practice in order to get better at it. How do we practice? Turn to James chapter 1, 17. How do we practice? The question is not, do we have anything to be thankful for? The question actually is, is how do we learn to recognize what we should be thankful for? How do we learn to see God working in and around us? And we start by looking for it. You simply open your eyes to the world around you with the expectation that you're going to see God at work. Here it is. James chapter 1, verse 17. And you all know this one probably. Every good and perfect gift is from above. How many perfect gifts? Everyone, right. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I don't even believe in luck or coincidence anymore. I've given that up. I remember once driving, uh, in, I parked in a parking lot that had a, it was a dirt parking lot, had a tree right smack in the middle of the parking lot. And I parked in a way that when I backed out, I was going to come close. I totally forgot about the tree. And, and it was in the blind spot of my mirror, and I missed it by that much. And my first thought was, wow, I was lucky. And then my second thought was, no, I will not credit Lady Luck <laughs> with something like this. How many good and perfect gifts come from God? Every single one, even the little ones. I chose, I don't know why this blew up to such a big thing in my mind that day, but it did. I actually chose that day that I would give credit to God for this small mercy. Look for excuses to thank God for things that you might otherwise credit to dumb luck or coincidence. Look for excuses. Does every good and perfect gift come from him or not? He even imagines the sparrow. I mean, he even knows when the sparrow falls. He recounts your hair every time one falls out. Can you get more trivial than that? Credit God for every blessing because James does not say that some good and perfect gifts come from above. He says every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we practice gratitude by looking for ways that God is working. Another way to practice gratitude is by sharing what we see when we see it. You find this in the scriptures over and over again. The prophets, the mighty men of God recount the mighty acts of God again and again. In Acts chapter 7. Stephen, the church's head deacon, was on trial before the Sanhedrin. And he launches into a sermon that goes all the way back to Abraham 
And he recounts the ways that God led his people through the tough times in their lives. Moses did the same thing. He recounted the mighty acts of God the same way. So did Paul. The, the great people of the Bible remind the people of God over and over again of God's mighty works by telling and retelling the stories of their history with God. And when you have a history with God, your future is bright. When you have a history with God, your future is bright because... You know beyond a shadow of a doubt where he stands, that he loves you, that he cares for you, and that he is in control of everything that goes on in your life. In the beginning, God spoke this earth into existence. His voice alone said light, and there was light. He said live, and dirt became a man. But we disobeyed, and we strayed from him. So eventually God commanded a flood to come and the entire earth was covered with water, destroying wicked civilization so that we could have a new beginning. But we forgot. And we strayed again and we ended up in slavery. So God commanded plagues to fall on Egypt and lice and flies and frogs covered the entire land of Egypt as God prepared to bring us out. He commanded the, dry, the Red Sea to open a dry path to give us escape from the land of our slavery so that we could have a new beginning again. But we forgot to remember. We forgot to be thankful. We forgot to have gratitude. And we strayed again. So God sent us into captivity so that we could learn to know Him again. So that we could remember what we once had. So that we could learn to be grateful so that he could give us a new beginning again. And he caused an entire chain of events to happen, from the unconquerable Babylon being conquered, to the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And he brought us home again, for a new beginning. And we praised him for his goodness, at least at first. And then once again, we began to forget to recount the stories. We forgot to be grateful for his mighty acts in our history. But God in His great mercy didn't give up. He sent His Son Jesus to earth to rescue us. Even though the effort required an agonizing death by crucifixion. And as a result, His church arose in power. The Holy Spirit. And once again, we forgot the mighty acts of God. We apostatized. And still, God has to call people out again and again, a peculiar people to begin again. And He continues to call us to remember Him. Our God is not only all-powerful, but He is also all-merciful. He guides and He directs, not only in great ways, but in small ways. Open your eyes and see the mighty works of God around you. And then lift up your heart in praise and thanksgiving to Him. And then share that. With somebody that needs to hear it, which is everybody. We all need to hear it. We have become accustomed to our blessings. We take our blessings for granted. Emerson once said that if the stars came out only once a year, we'd all stay up to see them. But since they're always out, we never look. The Israelites walked through the middle of the Red Sea on dry land. 
God stayed visibly with them as a cloud protecting them from the sun during the day and as a light and warmth during the night. Their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. Blessings. He supplied water from a rock. He rained manna down every night for their food. Miracle after miracle God performed for His people and they became accustomed to His blessings. Turn to Numbers chapter 11. They became accustomed to His blessings. Verse 4. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. Listen to what they said about God's blessings. The rabble with them began to crave other food, other blessings. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. We know that we have become accustomed to our blessings, that we are taking them for granted when we begin to criticize and to complain, and when we begin to entertain the idea that something else might be better or somewhere else might be better, or just maybe our previous situation was better than our current situation. Such a, a, an attitude is in reality saying to God, I've lost my appetite for what you've given me. I never see anything but this blessing. I want the blessing you gave that guy. Or I want the blessing that I had back then. It's good to ask God, for his blessings, but it's an entirely different thing to ask for them with thanksgiving rather than complaining, isn't it? Imagine how things might have been different has the, had the Israelites come to God instead of complaining and said, Great and mighty God, you have never failed us. You've always provided adequately for our food. We are so grateful for that. Please don't consider us ungrateful because we're definitely thankful. We were just wondering, what would you think of the idea of something a little different to eat tomorrow, just for some variety? What, what do you think? Would that be all right? You know, I don't know, but I can see God being delighted in answering that request because He loves to fulfill the desires of our hearts so long as the desires of our hearts are good for us. But the desires of our hearts must acknowledge the incredible blessings we've already received. So what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving season? But I'm thankful that our God is so much bigger than I am. I'm thankful that He cares so much for us that He micromanages the events of this world leading to our eventual rescue. I'm thankful for little things that I'm not even aware of. Ways that He makes my life better and I don't even know it. I'm thankful for what God is doing in me to bring me closer to Him. I'm thankful for what He's doing in you and in this church to bring us all closer to Him. We have so much to be thankful for in that. I find that I have so much for which to be thankful that if I'll only take the time to look around me, 
and to note God's goodness and His mighty acts on my behalf. God has done these incredible feats of power and goodness, not just for the Israelites long ago. Not just for someone else. It's a shame when we read the stories in this Bible that we don't read them with a we. We read them with a them so often. But it's we. This is our story. This is God working for the salvation of us, His people. He's done them for you and me. So let's thank Him, shall we? Let's thank Him. Amen. Father, we rejoice today in the blessings that You've given us. We are sorry that we are blind so much of the time to what You've done for us, the blessings that You've given to us. We're going to be shocked one day when You tell us the stories of the ways that You've cared and that You've blessed us. Lord, open our eyes. Open our ears, open our hearts to see, to recognize the ways that you've blessed us so that we are able to be filled with gratitude, so that we can say thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining Pastor Jeff Scoggins today for Worship in Spirit and Truth. We would love to hear your thoughts about the program, and your financial support is also greatly appreciated so that we can continue bringing you these kinds of programs. Tell your friends they can find the program Spirit and Truth right here on this station. Stay tuned for contact information and more details from your local station to follow. Until next time, keep your mind fixed on Jesus. This is Pastor Jeff Scoggins. Thank you for listening to Spirit and Truth. Often listeners contact me or the station wanting to know how to get a copy of a specific program or more information. All of these programs are archived as podcasts, and many of them are on video as well. You can find relevant links at my website, www.scoggins.biz. You will also find books and Bible study resources there as well. So if you didn't get to hear one of these programs all the way through or missed one in a series, you can find it by visiting scoggins.biz. That's S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S dot B-I-Z.